Hi guys, welcome back. This is Tess. And this is Chloe. And we are Double Trouble Podcast. So yeah, here we are, back again with another podcast. Back at it again. Ooh, with the white vans. Back at it again with the stupid ass twins. You call me fucking stupid? I mean, I called both of us stupid. I ain't calling you a truther. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) I could not. Oh, so. What the fuck did you do this week? I don't know. What the fuck is up, Kyle? Um, Truly. What did I do? Well, Valentine's Day was last Sunday. And that was probably the highlight of my week. Because <laughs> she cringed. She, cringed. she looked at me and cringed. She looked at me and made a face like she'd been stabbed. And I'm like, oh. okay, so I really love Valentine's Day, but I'm always single for Valentine's Day. So it's just like, it's bittersweet, kings and queens. It is bittersweet. And non binary royalty. It is bittersweet. Rulers? We can go with, oh, Jesus, she's choking. <laughs> That's what happens when you don't mention non-binary people. You choke because that's because they're choking you exactly Um, through the mic. Yeah, they Um, should. I mean, I mentioned them. Uh, Oh, so that was nice. I spent the day with Chloe and our mom, and we hung out. Did we? Oh, we did. Mm -hmm. We did. I forgot about that. And then for the rest of this week, um, I didn't really do much. I just worked. Um, Work, 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 sleep. Angelica. What? Eliza. It's from Hamilton. I don't know you guys, I Hamilton. haven't even seen Hamilton. Yeah, I don't know anything from Hamilton because I haven't a seen big, it. Big dumb bitch. Anyways, uh, and then um, this weekend I am spending at my parents' house again, and my mom fucking drove me all over town today. Fucking, I was wore out. I went home and took a nap. Fuck you, Linda. I'm kidding. Our mom's name is not Linda. She will not be mentioned. She who must not be named. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I was very tired. I took a little nappy. New. Where'd y'all go? Um. Went to the mall, and we had lunch. And we went to Victoria's Secret. We went to Charming Charlie's. We went to that's like all of our favorite the lunch places. place. I know La Madeleine. <sighs> yes, and then we went to Big Lots, and then we went to Fries. Was she just fucking around, or did she like legitimately? We were supposed have to go. To- oh no, we went to Lowe's, and then we went to Fries. That is six places, my friends. That's I was tuckered. Me, yeah, no. Tuckered. Tuckered. And I'm fucking, I'm a healing leg broken person, so. Wow. Sometimes it hurts when I walk. I really love the way you phrase that. I think. How was I supposed to phrase it? How how would you phrase it? Well, I just wanted to let you know that was fantastic. (laughs) Thank you. You, I am a healing leg broken person. Yeah. I broke my leg last year, so. You know, she can walk around, but after a while, I was wearing Vans, too, and I was just like, ow. Everything hurts. I got my vans on, but they look like I was sneakers. like, everything you hurts. Know? You know, they're just a little bit too small, so after a while of wearing them, your toes just hurt. That was me. Anyways, that's my day. Um, tomorrow, I'm probably going to bake a cake. Fuck yeah! Because I, I bought cake baking stuff Oh my god! Today. That's Cute, exciting! Right? I was what very flavor? excited. What flavor? Um, it's yellow cake with chocolate frosting. Oh, that's like the tradition. You know what? It's I feel good. like, well, that's funny because you don't like chocolate cake, but you'll have the chocolate frosting. I like chocolate frosting. It's like chocolate just melted. Yeah. It's kind of nice. No. I don't like chocolate cake, though. It's different. Yeah, I know. That, that's You're a different right. type of chocolate. She do be hitting different. Thank you. Um, oh, um, yeah. So that's my plans for tomorrow. And also, hopefully, uh, maybe read some of my book because I'm one of those people who read books as a kid and now has no motivation to do it. Frankly, I do audiobooks nowadays. I, I mean, same. I know it sounds 
sounds so pathetic. No, it's not. I do audiobooks to fall asleep. Like, right now I'm listening to the Percy Jackson series, and I'm on book five, which is, like, the last of that series, and then it goes on to, like, I can't remember. Like, there's a secondary season, yeah. season series, um, and then it goes into, like, the Egyptian one. Like, he did a yeah. whole other thing. Yeah. Um, but sorry if I'm sniffling, guys. My allergies are acting up today. Um, you can get snatched up. Yes, I am. I should probably snatch them with some allergy medication. Ooh. Anyways, yeah, I Thank listen to audiobooks all the time. This Zyrtec, uh, brought to you by allergies. Thank you. Not sponsored by Zyrtec. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't sue us, Zyrtec. They couldn't figure that out. We have like thirty <laughs> listeners. Um, <laughs> hey, we're swamp. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, I do audiobooks all the time to fall asleep. That's how, that's the only way I've been reading books lately because I couldn't bring myself to actually read a tangible book. So hopefully I'm going to read a tangible book tomorrow. See, I'm the opposite. If I read a book, I fall asleep. But if I listen to a book, I can do it. I just can't fucking read a book. I'm it opposite. literally puts me to sleep. So like I can't see and that's the thing I don't listen to. What you have to, to do is you have to read a book in a location where you can't sleep, like a coffee shop or or I'm going um, to a fu- it's a pandemonium. It's a panorama. I'm not um, fucking going or, to the coffee or shop. Or the pool or something. People I, do that. No. I'm trying to think of library. I'm trying to think of where, places where... You can sleep in a library. I guess you would find a if way. If you try hard enough. I'm just saying. You, you can I, sleep like, in all these I'm just saying you, you could go to a place enough. where you really couldn't... You can't sleep with that attitude. I guess. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> I won't fall asleep with a tangible book, but I definitely do with audiobooks. It helps me fall asleep, actually. Like I'll, I'll listen weird. to about like five know. minutes, and then I'll fall asleep. It's so nice. You no, know, see, that's the issue. Well, because you know, I used to... I, I, it varies between that and ocean sounds. The reason why... Okay, Billie Eilish. <laughs> no. Um, it'll be like ocean sounds if I know that I'm going to fall asleep really, really quickly if I'm super tired, but it'll be audiobook if I know it might take me like a little bit to like stop thinking for the day. It's funny you that know? you say that because I literally sleep to dead silence, which means I, can't I wouldn't imagine be able to doing survive that anymore. anywhere. No, no, like literally, that's not really feasible. I don't feel like I've ever really done that. Even as a kid, I would listen to stuff. Yeah. Yeah, when I go to other people's houses, I literally on my Spotify like put it on. I'm like, "Hey, can I listen to Cool? Thanks." <laughs> I Ooh, don't even wait for the like answer. Lit. I'm like, "I'm like, cool. I'm gonna play some ocean noise. Is that cool with you? Cool." And then I press play. <laughs> I don't even give them the option, bro. You're like, "Hey, oh what's who can you give me the ox? Who can't fall asleep to me? that?" Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't care. Oh, oh most I'm... of the time, most of the time they're my friends or they're like people that I'm seeing in the moment. So they're like, so they're like, "Yeah, that's fine." I'm like, "Cool," because I was about to play it anyway. <laughs> You're like cool. Because cool because I won't be I'm able to, to sleep. Pop the fuck off. Cool because I, cool because I could be playing an audiobook, but I'm not going to do that to you. Harry Potter. You're welcome. Yeah, Did I listened to the put whole. Your name in the I listened. <laughs> he said calmly. Yeah, no, definitely. Like <laughs> he definitely said like calmly in the book, but I listened to the whole Harry Potter series last year. That's wild. Yeah, it was crazy. Now it's time for Twilight. Oh, that's after this, I think. It was oh. between Percy Jackson and Twilight and something else. I can't remember. Not Maze Runner? Me. I think Not Maze me Runner. on my fucking way to listen to all the Warrior Cat books. You totally could. I would be down. Oh, bitch. Honestly, this would be good to fall asleep to, I think. No, I'd be too into it. That's exactly why I need to listen to them, though. Anyways, we Anyways, should move on to up, my yeah, week. What's up yeah. with your... What was, how was your week? Because I like Sorry, how I got were, very excited. No, I like how we were like, let's keep this <clears> short. <throat> and then we were like... Let's talk about this. Um, can we? You know really what's funny though? You know what's short? really funny is half the podcasts are like, "This is sponsored by Audible," and we just spent like twenty minutes talking about audiobooks, and we're not even fucking sponsored. Sponsor us. Thank you. <laughs> Anyways, so I work this week as well. 
I Boo. think... Yeah, fuck you, capitalism. Fuck capitalism. Alright, Tess is looking... So, we have a special <laughs> guest. Her name is Jada. She's sleeping now. She's moving. She, you might hear her. She might yeah. whine. Or she might start... She did start dreaming earlier, and she was, like, kind of barking a little. Oh, my God. So, she... Jada's a dog, in case you haven't noticed Yes, that. Jada is my boss's dog that. that I am uh, basically puppy-sitting over the weekend. She's not a puppy, but any dog is a puppy in my eyes, so puppers. it is puppy-sitting. And puppers. she has been having, honestly, a fucking wonderful time with us. Yesterday, we went to Dutch. We took her on, like, a long walk. Fun! Okay, but we got her a puppuccino, and she actually didn't even, like, she didn't even... Good for her. She said, she said skinny legends. She oh. literally said whipped cream. She said empty calories. <laughs> it was calories. wild. It was so wild. She she was like, no, ma'am. And then we took her on about, like, a two-mile walk. We went to the Paseo Trail. And um, so okay, we didn't go like hiking. We went to like a park that has a trail yeah. in Chandler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't do hiking. I'm not like a fucking fitness Instagram. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean neither. I am also I. just don't even have tennis shoes, so I don't think that's feasible. Oop. I it's literally yeah, I don't have tennis shoes because I I, I need to get like a good pair of like walking, shoes? like hiking boots and like or walking, just walking shoes. shoes. You can use literally like running athletic shoes for. Well, can't you just fucking walk on your other shoes? No, like you're supposed uh, like, to. No, yeah, I know. Because you're supposed to have like um, I know, traction, like some kind of traction. Shit. But yeah, so we went on like a paved thing, and it was really cool. And we honestly would have gone farther, but I was like, we're not doing this at 7 p.m. at night. I was like, I'm not gonna walk down this spooky dark place near no. the fucking canal. I was like, no, thank you. Jada so is I don't trust her to protect us. No, she's too fucking sweet. And, I mean, even with Alistair, I was like, nope, no. I'm not fucking doing it. So, if you guys don't know, my boyfriend is six foot six. So, he's pretty intimidating, and so is having a dog, but, yeah. So, we did that yesterday, and then today, we brought her over to a friend's house who has two dogs, and this bitch racist, because she don't like Great Danes. Oh, my God. She's speciest, actually. So, it was so funny, though, because she got along really well with, like, the Border Collie, who was a little smaller. <laughs> But, bro, it was, like, well, not super well, but she was coexisting, right? Because she just coexists with everything. Like, she's not one to play. But the Great Dane, she's fucking huge. Her name is Azula, and she's such a sweetie pie. Great Danes are huge. I know. She was, she's really cute, though. She's very sweet. Like, I've known her since she was a puppy. So, like, I watched her grow into a big-ass fucking dog, which is hilarious. Because every time I see her, I'm like, um... Pupper? Whose horse is that? Whose horse? From the TikTok. Uh, yeah, so no, um, every time I see her, she's just fucking large. And this time, she <laughs> was like, hi, change. ladies, I'm a big adult. And I was like, me and fucking Jada were like, no, who the fuck is this? Yeah, so <laughs> that's basically my plans for the weekend. Tomorrow, Alistair's off, so I'm just going to be chilling. Hit that motherfucking like button, subscribe. No. Comment. <laughs> no. But anyways, were you done with your week? I'm so sorry. No, I think I was, okay. and I just, God, I hated everything about that. So let's just move on to murder, so I feel a little bit more comfortable. Which we still hate, but I got a whopper for you. No, let's Call not. me Burger King, bitch. No. Anyways. Call me Burger King, bitch. I need that as a tramp stamp. Can I get that on my forehead? I need that tattooed on my lower back. I hate the term tramp stamp, but it's like everyone knows what that means, you know? Yeah. Sorry, that is hilarious. Tess is taking one last picture of Jada. Because she's so fucking cute, bro. She is cute. <laughs> Nailed it. Oh my god. <laughs> I Jesus. hope you guys heard the camera sound. <laughs> Anyways. Okay, can, let's, go ahead. So, so we're going to go ahead and move on to... So um, I'm actually doing two episodes in a row. 
Oh, yes. Yeah, Surprise, motherfucker. I was confused for a second, then I was so like, oh, this yeah. episode will actually be one of our spookier ones. We are going to talk about murders, though, so you guys will get, you, you know, you'll why be satisfied we? with your bloodlust. Why wouldn't we but, talk about it? And, and the reason why Chloe's doing two in a row is just because she was on her fucking A game, and she was like, hey, are we recording this weekend? And I was like, I don't know. I haven't picked a topic yet. And she goes, well, I did, so. And I was I like, said, oh, cool. bitch. I said, cool. Sounds yeah, good. Yeah, precisely. So we are going to talk about the Velisca Axe murders. I figured that would be a great way to come off of Valentine's Day. We started with one V, and now we're going to end with this one, motherfuckers. Not the V card, if that's what you're thinking. V for Vendetta. I'm kidding. V for Velisca Axe murders. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about the Velisca Axe murders. They occurred between the evening of June 9th, 1912, and the early morning of June 10th, 1912. Gemini season. We can't pick one, obviously. That makes us a Gemini. And the town of Velisco, Iowa, the United States. Velisco or Velisco? It's Velisco. I had a stroke there. Sorry. Thank you. Sorry, listeners. Six members of the Moore family and two house guests were found bludgeoned in the Moore residence. <laughs> All eight vic- Thank you. All eight <laughs> victims, including six children, had severe head wounds from an axe. Six children? It was an axe that was actually taken from the Moore family home. So it was actually oh. their own object. I know. It's kind of like when you watch a horror movie and they pick up like a knife from the block. It's like, no, fuck you. It's like, no. It's B-Y-O-K. That's, that's my Bring knife. Bring your own fucking knife, No, I asshole. hate when they do that. I always look around like if it's scary at night, I always look around and I'm like, well, that my knife block could be used to kill me. You know what I mean? It's just so disrespectful. It's like you come into my house to kill me and you bring don't your even own bring weapon. your own weapon. B-Y-O-W. Pussy shit. Pussy shit. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Sorry about that. The crime does remain unsolved. Do, 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 do. Bum, bum. do. Alexa, play X-Files theme. Nope, she was listening to me. Fuck. Fuck. Use the X-Files. Damn it! <laughs> Alexa, Alexa stop. stop! Before we get copyrighted. Jesus. <laughs> you can't say her name without her hearing. You can't say anything without her hearing. Mm-hmm. What's up, NSA? And the Moore family consisted of the parents, Josiah and Sarah, and then they had four children, Herman Montgomery, Mary Catherine, Mary Kay, ooh, Arthur Boyd, and Paul Vernon. On June 9th, 1912, Mary Catherine Moore invited Ina May and Lena Gertrude Stillinger to spend the night at the Moore residence. Mistake number one. Those are the other two kids? Yeah, so they were, um... Oh, they were Mary Catherine's friends. Yes, exactly. And uh, Josiah Moore had actually ended up calling and spoken with Blanche, her those girls' older sister. The mom wasn't home. Oh. And he said, hey, you know, they're wanting to stay over. Can they go ahead and spend the night since they were originally supposed to go to their grandparents? And Blanche said yes. Yeah. Blanche sort of said no. Yeah, it's really, it's really unfortunate. Can you because, imagine living with that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really unfortunate. And what had happened was... She ended up, like, calling the Moore residents in the morning. They had been murdered, unfortunately. The whole house was murdered. So they ended up staying the night at the Moore residence. Um, What happened was that evening they had all gone to the Presbyterian Church where they participated in something called Children's Day. Um, It was actually something that Sarah had coordinated. It was kind of like, you know, a first-grade performance, you know, all that stuff. But we added Jesus just for fun. So after the program ended at 9.30, the Moores and the Cylinder sisters walked to the Moores' house and arrived between 9.45 and 10 p.m. The next day at 7 a.m., it was June 10th, and Mary Peckham, their lovely neighbor, 
actually became concerned because she noticed the family hadn't come out to do their morning chores. So they were known to be pretty like lively and out and about. Um, Sarah was very active with the church, so it wasn't uncommon for them to be doing something. And Josiah also owned a storefront, so oh. he, you know, he was supposed to be out working. Mm-hmm. So she was like, "What's going on?" She goes over and knocks on the door. No one answers. And then she tried to open the door and discovered that it was locked. Nosy bitch. I love her. Dude, she's literally, I'm living for her. What she ended up doing was letting the Moore's chickens out. She ended up calling Ross Moore, who was Josiah's brother. Ross Moore actually ended up coming over, and he didn't receive a response when he knocked. So he basically knocked and shouted and then used the copy of the key that he had. Oh. Yes, remember, I would have just done that first. Yeah, he's brother-in-law, so he... Oh. And this was also in this 1912. Is a time, yeah. So yeah, it's like polite to knock. Yeah. Meanwhile, I, I'm coming into Chloe's apartment like, "Hey, bitch, bro." She just turns the handle, and I'm like, "No, the door's locked." You know, I'm coming over. Why wouldn't you we just do open a true the door? crime podcast? Why wouldn't you just open the door like five minutes ahead of when I'm gonna be? No, there? I never know when you're gonna be here. And if I so, know someone's coming over, I unlock the door. Well, in this case, they didn't know anyone was coming over, so they kept it locked. True. And then Ross came in, and Peckham actually stood back on the porch. So Ross went inside the parlor, and he actually opened the guest bedroom door, which was where Ina and Lena were staying, and he found their bodies on the bed. So what happened after that was he immediately told the neighbor, Miss Peckham, to call Henry Horton, who was actually Velisca's primary peace officer, and he arrived shortly thereafter. Um, Horton's search of the house ended up revealing that the entire Moore family was dead. They had been bludgeoned to death with the axe. So Yikes. basically he was like, ah, oh, shit, there's dead people here. Ah, oh, shit, this is going to be bad for the newspapers. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's funny. Anyways, <laughs> that is, yeah, I know. We're going to fucking hold of this. Horton had discovered the bodies, and then he found the murder weapon as well. It was actually an axe that belonged to Josiah, and it was found in the guest room where the Stillingers were. So mm. it was basically in the guest room. I believe, if I recall correctly, it was right next to their, like, bedside. And I do just want to give everyone a fucking heads up. There were, like, investigators there, but there was also a fucking mob of people that just came in and absolutely decimated the yeah. crime scene. Um, Ross Moore even found someone taking photographs of the bodies, and he was, like, trying to get, you know, with the press and shit. So there's a lot of information where it's like, oh, they found this, they found... But we don't fucking know, because mm-hmm. even though fingerprinting was a thing... Shit had just hit the fan already. Yeah. Just a heads up Who didn't before we take kinda... off the crime scene. Well, I mean, it was literally there was one peace officer. Who didn't tell the peace officer to tape off God the crime damn it, scene? Horton hears nothing. I well, I guess the whole town came like because it was a because it, you know they were pretty affluent. They were rich, like so everyone knew them. Sarah was part of the church. Josiah had like a really big John Deere store, like so. What had happened was you know their bodies were found. Doctors did go ahead and investigate, and they concluded that the murders had taken place between midnight and 5 Mm a.m. There was two spent, which is smoked, cigarettes found in the attic, which suggested that the killer or killers, you know, they're not sure. Hid in the attic? Yes, hid in the attic until the Moore family and their guests were asleep. smoke in the attic and then not expect them to smell that? Well, also, this is another interesting thing. There was an imprint on a haystack in the barn as well. Oh. So there's, it's 
that's why, you know, the idea of multiple killers, because it looks like maybe someone stayed in the barn and then looked through this, like, little keyhole that, like, specifically led to the house. Yeah. And then there's the two smoked cigarettes in the attic. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's just, like, some Plus weird six people fucking is a lot things. for one person to take on. The killer spent the time in the attic and then came down because he actually began in the master bedroom and killed Josiah and Sarah first. Uh, Josiah specifically received more blows from the axe than any other victim. Probably because he wanted to make sure the man in the house was dead. That's valid. I was thinking maybe it was something more like crime of passion, but now that you say that... Uh, I would say if I thought there was going to be one threat to the killer, yeah. it would probably be Josiah. And it would he be the parents. To make sure yeah, the parents that, would definitely... Yeah. So his face had actually been cut to, like, so badly that his eyes were missing. Um, Yeah, and the killer had used the blade of the axe on Josiah, and then he used the blunt end on the rest of the victims. So he's... Yeah, he's... What's the point of an axe if you're going to use the end that you're not supposed to use? The parents were killed, and then Herman, Mary, Catherine, Arthur, and Paul were next. They were bludgeoned in the head, the same manner as their parents, um, like I said, the killer used the blunt end of the axe. Afterwards, the murderer end up, ended up returning to the master bedroom. So they dealt more blows to the parents. And they actually knocked over a shoe that ended up filling with blood. Ew. That's how, yeah, these were gory. Um, they Gross, then moved dude. downstairs to the guest bedroom where they committed the final murders of Ina and Lena. So investigators actually believe that all of the victims were asleep, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, besides uh, Lena Sillinger because of some extenuating circumstances with how her body was found. Yeah, was she like um, out of bed or something? So they thought she was awake because it looked like she had tried to fight back. She had some defensive marks on her arm, and then she was also found lying like across the bed. Her nightgown had also been pushed up to her waist, and she was wearing no undergarments. However, there was no evidence that she was sexually assaulted. Okay. When they did the research, there was nothing there to show that okay. she was. So they thought maybe he had attempted to do so, but there's no evidence to give a certain answer. So, and then there are just some random things that were found that I thought were interesting. But the first thing they found that was strange was there was a four pound piece of slab bacon that was actually just leaning against the wall next to the ax, right? So the killer had just taken, well, supposedly the killer had just taken it out of the cooler. And they thought, the thought process there was that, oh, Jada's having a dream. Sorry, guys. Mm-hmm. Wholesome puppy moment. She say, woof? She is. I don't know if you can hear it, but she is doing that. Yeah. Like tiny woof? Well, we knew that wholesome before this because this is actually kind of gross. Trigger word. Um, the thought process that was that, you know, bacon's greasy, so maybe he had tried to use it as, like, some form of lubricant. That is nasty, bro. Um, to masturbate or to assault Lena. Gross. So that was the thought process there. Thankfully, sexual assault did not occur. There was no evidence of that, so... What the fuck was the point of the bacon, then? At most, he was just maybe making this... But we don't, we don't know. That's the whole thing. There's, there's that random... And then the murderer had also searched the dresser drawers for pieces of clothing to actually cover the mirrors in the house. What the... And the glass in, like, all of the doors. So... There was a thought process at the time that, like, ghosts and spirits could come through mirrors. Oh. So people think maybe the serial killer... Didn't want the ghosts to come back after exactly, you Exactly. Believed okay. in, like, supernatural or demons. So there's that process. Maybe don't kill them then. Oh, she said it. Stupid ass. 
And then, like I said earlier, there was that haystack that had an imprint in the barn, um, so possibly they were being watched. And then lastly, the one weird thing as well was that um, the kitchen table had a plate of uneaten food and a bowl of bloody water on it. Ew. The bloody water was thought to maybe have been where the person washed their hands, but like the uneaten food was basically like they made themselves a plate and then they were like, nah, mm, fuck it, like never kidding. mind. So, and then, yeah, it's just fucking weird. So, this is so creepy. Yeah. Ooh, I don't like that. After those random facts, this is kind of just the conclusion of the murder scene. Their heads were covered with bedclothes, which is basically just like a sheet or a blanket. Um, and they all had their skulls battered approximately 20 to 30 times with the blunt end of the axe. The only way Ina and Lena were able to be identified was the names on their Bibles on the bedside table. Oh my god. They were so mangled that they could not be identified. Well, also, no one would know that they were there except for the other family. So at the time, it's like, we're not just going to randomly ask people where the daughters are. So here's a theory that I have. I just thought about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe, hear me out, maybe... The reason why the parents got bludgeoned twice is because mm-hmm. both of the people did it. Mm-hmm. Like, one did it first, and then one came back and did it because they didn't know. I don't know if yeah. the other one had done it successfully. And then, hear me out, one of them gets done and goes to the kitchen to make food and wash their hands. And the other one comes in and is like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, I was just... And the other one's like, no, let's fucking get out of here. This actually sounds like a really good theory because of the suspects I'll go over. I didn't realize until you started talking about it. Um, But that's really fucking interesting. Why would they make food and then leave it? It's probably because one of them was a dumbass and was like, no, yeah, we should circle back. And the second one was like, dude, what the... Let's get out of here, dude. No, yeah. Let's... I want to actually come back to that because that is really interesting that you Mm. said that because Mm. there's some suspects that definitely could be involved with that. Genius. Um, So, yeah, that was basically the murders and what had happened. We are going to go ahead and move on to the suspects at this time. Okay. Okay. So we're going to talk about... Someone named Andrew Sawyer. Heads up, there wasn't really any evidence that actually linked Sawyer to the crime, but he was kind of like a homeless man in the area, so his name came up in a lot of people's testimonies. Basically, people just gossiped about him because that's all they had to do. Yeah, probably. Here's the evidence they had against him. Thomas Dyer, a bridge foreman and actually a pile driver for the Burlington Railroad, he said that he had approached them on the mornings of the murders, and Sawyer was actually clean-shaven and wearing a brown suit when he arrived, but this he had... homeless. Right? Mm. But he had shoes that were absolutely covered in mud, and his pants were wet almost all the way up to his knees. So that's... It seems like he had been traveling, you know? Yeah. That's kind of what they're implying here. And what he did is he actually just said, like, yo, are you hiring? And Dyer was like, fuck it, we need someone. So he just gave him a job. Cool. Right? And then Dyer actually testified later that when they were in another area of Iowa in Fontenelle, Sawyer purchased a newspaper and went off to read it by himself. And the newspaper was talking about the Villisca murders. Yeah, that's a crime right there. Right? Well, and, you know, Dyer was like, Sawyer was really interested in these murders, and then he also did weird things like sleep with his clothes on. And, he's you know, homeless. he very much, right, he kept to himself. But I know these are what scared people the most was that he slept with an axe next to him. 
Never so mind. they were like, sus. And he actually often talked about the murders oh. um, okay. and whether or not the killer had been caught. Because he was... this is circumstantial. Yeah. It is. It is. All right. All right. Spill the tea. Sawyer then told Dyer that he had actually been in Villisca that Sunday and that he had heard of the murders. And he was afraid of being taken as a suspect, so he left to go to Creston. Um, he was actually basic. Dyer was like, that's fucking enough. You're spooking me. And he turned him over to the sheriff on June 18th. <laughs> so this man was like fucking around for like a week. And then yeah. they were like, dude, get the fuck out of here. Dyer actually later testified that when, like prior to the sheriff coming, um, he walked up behind Sawyer and he was rubbing his head and both hands together and basically was jumping around and said to himself, I will cut your goddamn heads off. At the same time, he supposedly made striking motions with an axe and began hitting the piles of wood in front of him. Sick. Dyer's son also testified that one day when they actually drove through Villisca, Sawyer was like, here, let me show you how the man who killed the Moore family got out of town. And he said, oh yeah, so he actually ended up jumping over this manure box over here. And this is about a half, one and a half blocks away. And then he showed where he crossed the railroad track. And J.R., the son of Dyer, was like, yeah, there was actually footprints in the ground. And then when Sawyer told him to look on the other side of the car and show them where, where an old tree was, where a creek was, where the murderer had stepped in, it was there. So basically, Hi, he yes, was giving... Hi, yes, I have changed my mind. He's guilty. Yeah, so he was giving, like, these very accurate descriptions. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, what the fuck? He's, like, saying all these fucking weird things, doing all this weird shit. Mm -hmm. And then Sawyer ended up being dismissed. Interesting. Right? Because he could prove he actually had an alibi. Bruh. He had been, so, he had been arrested for vagrancy there. And the sheriff, it was, okay, I think it's Osceola, Iowa. The sheriff of Osceola basically put him on a train at approximately 11 p.m. So he was on the train at the time of the murders? Or he was either at the other place. This is where people, yeah, this is where people say, how do you know he stayed on the train? How do you prove, yeah. So, yeah, that that's the one caveat to that kind of mm. situation. Mm, the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, it's really, you know, there's a lot of suspects that are like this, though, that, I mean, there's so many. Yeah. It's kind of hard to say, oh, how did they know the details of the murder? When this guy could have stormed the fucking house, you know? Yeah. He could have been one of those people. So oh, yeah, you're right. It's, it's really hard to kind of take away. Yeah. And then, you know, if you storm in and you see eight bodies, is are you still going to be the same person after you leave? I mean, it sounds like he was a little cuckoo he for Cocoa Puffs beforehand. Thank you, Sam. Not saying that, like, that I man's totally brain was in support, Reese's pieces. I totally <laughs> I totally support mental health and people who have mental illnesses. No, I agree. Chloe but included, but the, the the fact of the matter it is, it wasn't that, treated at that time. Yeah, though. but the fact of the matter is also like I'm not going to defend someone's mental illness when they murder someone. No, obviously yeah. you can take that into account, but, but it's again, not. I'm not going to defend that. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. So the whole situation is just kind of off putting, mm-hmm. and that's our first suspect. Yeah. We do now move on to our second suspect. Who's actually a reverend, Reverend George Kelly. He was actually at uh, the Children's Day Services. Okay. So he was an English-born traveling minister, and he was invited in town by the person who ran the church. He was actually accused of peeping several times, and he apparently asked young women and girls to pose nude for him. 
Um, he did attend the Children's Day service, like I said, and then he left town between 5 a.m. to 5.30 the next day so he had before the bodies were discovered. Oh, no, he didn't because so, it was between, t- what, 12 to 6 or something like 12 that? 12 to 5. Yeah. So they were just kind of like, why'd you leave? And he actually, yeah, yeah, so here's where it gets, he ended up confessing to the murders in court, but the oh. jury didn't believe him. Yeah, they were like, um, no right? evidence. Yeah, he exactly. So, basically, yeah, it was so fucking weird. So he confessed, and they were like, no, we don't fucking believe you. Shut the fuck up. So after that, in a a couple weeks after, he basically was, like, displaying interest in the case, of course. He wrote a lot of letters to the police and investigators about the family, and he actually wrote to the family members as well, which is fucked up. Well, what did he say? What was in the letters? It was basically just like, you know, hey, have you guys thought about this or blah, 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 um, or, you know, blah, can I get some more information? So he ew. was just kind of being an asshole, right. yeah. Not even like a so sorry, like it's more of like a No, it wasn't like something like a reverend, you know, sorry for your loss, no, say, that, yeah. you know. It's different if it was like him reaching out to like, you know. No, it was creepy shit. And yeah. he actually was writing so many letters that a private investigator actually wrote back to him and asked for details that the minister might know about the murders. So he was like, you know, what the fuck? And Kelly actually replied with a lot of information and said he possibly heard sounds and witnessed the murder. So that's weird. He did? Yeah. How? Right? So like we said, Sir. he left town around 5 a.m. to 5.30, so maybe. Sir. But the question is, why would he be there? How would he? Yeah. You know, if you witness the murders, how? Maybe, was he staying in the barn? Was that the imprint? Weird. I don't like this. Right? Yeah, so it's very... All it's... these people with varying alibis, I don't like it. Yeah, dude, they're fucking weird. So here's, here's where we kind of run into a gray area. He was known to have mental illness. Oh. Um, he had a really bad childhood. So he was known to have issues with his mental illness. Mm-hmm. And that basically made the authorities. They were like, you know, I don't really think this is valid. We don't really think he committed these murders. Or if he was imagining them. Basically, they were like, you're known to be oh. mentally ill and have hallucinations. You know, frankly, oh. your fascination with this case you know, he confessed in court and they didn't even believe right. him. So, no, no, mental yeah. illness, like, yeah. So, I don't know if I would believe him either if he if he was that, like, mentally ill at the time. Yeah, well, and here's the thing. In Two years later, in 1914, he was actually arrested for sending obscene material through the mail. Um, and he, so he was basically <laughs> sexually harassing illegal? someone oh, okay. who applied for a secretary position at his church. Oh, I love that. So, first of all, fuck you. Hmm. Um, and then he was actually sent to St. Elizabeth's Hospital. In the National Mental Hospital in D.C. Yeah, so they thought that maybe, like like I said, the D.C., um, he was sent over there, and then D.C. investigators thought maybe he could be the murderer, but it it wasn't really, like, a good... It just didn't fit. The puzzle pieces didn't fit at all the way. Well, yeah, which is weird, and then they ended up arresting him in 1917 for the murders. Interesting. And they obtained a confession, but... Kelly recanted. Yeah. So he went through two separate trials and then was acquitted. Um, And here's kind of, I know you mentioned the two-person theory earlier. Yes. Which got me thinking. So here we go. Detective Chloe and Tess. So there's someone named Frank Fernando Jones, and he was actually, he lived in Villisca, and he was an Iowa State senator. So Frank owned a store 
and Josiah worked for him. And what had happened was they kind of got into a dispute about Moore's wages. Oh. Moore went away and, and made his took own business away from yep. yep from Jones, and that's he took the John Deere with him. That was, you know, a lot of money lost. Mm-hmm. And Moore was also rumored to be having an affair with Jones's daughter-in-law. There's not evidence that supports that, but the rumors could be enough. So the theory <sighs> that follows after that is that he actually hired someone called William Mansfield, nicknamed William Blackie Mansfield, mm-hmm. to murder the Moore family. Yeah, it's connecting in your Mans head, Mans was right? hiding in the barn waiting for the other guy to kill them. He was like, what's taking so long? Came inside, saw him trying to eat, and was like, what the fuck, man? Let's get out yeah. of here. Yeah, so it seems, right? <sighs> yeah, right? I saw So it. it's like he comes in, he's like, what the fuck are you doing making a plate of food? Yeah. And also it could explain the really passionate murder of Josiah. Because the second person could have come back in exactly. and be like, Exactly. Mm, no, I, I still want to fucking write. Mm. So, yeah, there's, you know, that, that thought process that you had really was like, you fucking said that shit, and I was like, Dang, oh, girl. I don't solve so. the case. <laughs> Well, there's another theory that's like so supposedly right, really right, popular. Right, so, right. Um, but it is believed that Mansfield was actually a serial killer because he did murder his wife and his infant child. So, and on top of that, with his parents-in-law as, as well, he murdered all of them with an axe two years after the Velisca crimes. I so, am shooketh by right? coincidence. He's thought to be a serial killer, hmm. and then he also is believed to have committed some axe murders in Paola, Kansas. Four days before the Velisca crimes. Bruh, let's put him behind bars. <laughs> I mean, he's dead. But... Yeah, right. Put some bars over his grave. Don't let him go. He was also suspected of a double homicide of Jenny Peterson and Jenny Miller in Illinois. And each crime site was accessible by train. And all the murders were carried out in the same manner. You know, with an axe and I have changed like my murder suspect. I think mm. it's him. And the other guy. So what happened was he was released after a special grand jury of Montgomery County refused to indict him. Why? He had an alibi. Checked out. His alibi checked out, so they were like, you're good to go, man. Like, you know, they couldn't keep him. They had payroll records. Do we know what he... Oh. Yeah, there was no way. He was working? Yeah. Maybe someone just clocked him in. I mean, payroll records. You could... Right, you're not fucking wrong. You're not... You can change those. Listen, sis, it was 1912. Listen, sis, that is not solid. Whatever, though. Did no one say we could definitely change these? Well... I would have been like, bro! He was cleared. And nine months before the murders at Villisca, a similar case of axe murder had actually occurred in Colorado Springs as well. Damn, this guy's on a roll. Two axe murder cases followed in Ellsworth, Kansas, and Paola, Kansas. This man's on a roll. I think it was him. So... Yeah, here's kind of some more information on that. I didn't want to get too in-depth with them, uh, but the murders in Colorado Springs were closely, super close to the Moore murders. Like? Um, like, just the way they were carried out and such, like mm-hmm. acts, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Colorado Springs police, when they were investigating, they found it super difficult. They were like, there's no way someone commit a crime like this in a big city because there's way too much going on. Like, you couldn't get away with it. Um so, with the Velisca murders, here's what happened as well. It was the same situation for Colorado Springs. So, bed sheets were used to cover the windows mm-hmm. to prevent people from looking in, supposedly also spooky, supernatural. Um, and at the Moore house as well, the murderer hung aprons and skirts to cover the windows. And 
The murderer in Colorado Springs wiped the blood off the axe and covered the heads of the victims with sheets. Just like the Velisca murders. I am seeing correlations here. Yeah, so they're like, there's no way someone can commit a crime like this in the big city, but in these small towns. Yeah. Right? So that's basically what the Colorado Springs police meant. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mansfield was actually also the prime suspect of the Burns Detective Agency of Kansas City. There's some tea. There's some drama. Oh, good morning. Good hey, morning. She do be itching. Can you fucking stop? You got to itch. You good? Okay. You good, fam? Thank you. She said yes. I do. So, like I said previously... Scratch? Um, what had happened was in each of the murders, the victims were hacked to death with an axe and the mirrors were all covered. Um, a burning lamp with the chimney off was left at the foot of the bed and a basin was found with, you know, in the kitchen, clean hands, bloody water, you know. And then in each case, the murderer avoided leaving fingerprints by wearing gloves. That's early for fingerprints. Like there's, that's not a very solid science back then. Yeah. So what happened was, um, Kansas City basically was lying you're going to be arrested. And they actually transferred it over to Montgomery County. And that's where we have those payroll records come up. And they provided him an, al- uh, an alibi when, with him being in Illinois at the time. A shaky alibi at best. Well, he was actually released for lack of evidence. And then later on, he won a lawsuit. And he was awarded $2,225. Because he was like, listen, you're just trying to fucking ruin my life. You're trying to blame me for this shit. No. Well, and then on top of that, there is a restaurant owner with a last name of Thorpe. And he says, no, I'm in Shenandoah, Iowa, and I actually think Mansfield was the man that I saw the morning after the Maliska murders. And he was boarding a train at Clarinda. Okay. And he said, it sounds like he walked from Feliska. So if that was actually true, Hmm. that testimony from that restaurant owner would disprove Mansfield's alibi. You know, like you can say, yeah, I saw that person, but it cannot be true, you know? Yeah. Well, that's and, also circumstantial. And then on top of that, uh, someone named Miss Tompkins, she was from Marshalltown, and she was actually on her way to say that, no, she heard three men in the woods plotting the murder of the Moore family. What? So, yeah, it's, Girl. it's, it's all kind of fucking wonky. Girl, what is your evidence? Right. So. You got a tape recorder. <laughs> she said, I heard that shit. She They're said, like, ma'am. Ma'am, Do you take your meds? Did anyone else hear it? Just um, you? Okay. This one is my favorite, um... Is it even better suspect. than the previous two? These are no, really it's just, good suspects. This, this one's just really fucking funny. Oh, okay. Uh, so Sam Moyer. This was Josiah's brother-in-law, and he often threatened to kill Josiah. <laughs> However, <laughs> Wait, upon why? further investigation, Wait, he was... Con- he's his fucking brother-in-law. You just didn't like of him? Of course he's going to say, I'm going to fucking kill you. Sometimes I say, I'm going to kill you. It's family. Yeah, but back then, it's kind of weird to say, don't you think? I don't think so. Mm, I guess. Well, he had an alibi that cleared him. You know how we feel about alibis. That was literally the only thing. That was that was literally it for him. Okay. I just thought that one was fucking uh, hilarious. I just want to put out there that if I'm ever murdered, it probably ninety nine point nine percent was not Chloe. Okay, I was like, I thought you were gonna say some shit, and I was like, no. that wasn't me. It ninety nine point nine percent wasn't Chloe, and that point zero one percent was probably an accident. Honestly, yeah. If it did happen. I'll be doing some dumb shit. I'll be knocking on wood, though, so, like, I'm not going to get murdered. Ooh, hello? Who's there? I'm going to live to be 100, so I don't oh, have to worry no. about that. I'm chilling out at, like, a cool 72. Mm, nah, bitch. I'm going to take care of you till you're 100, too. Ew. 
gross. Anyways, so we're going to move on to our next subject. Gross. Our next suspect, that is. There's another one? So there's five in total. Holy shit. Yeah, I know, right? right? So I'm this always one, like, how do you find that many people to think that they're guilty? Like, bro, it's the 1900s. They were like, you evidence at the is funny. jumping out, dude. Well, dude, that's why like Sam Moyer made me laugh because they were like, well, he threatened it, and it's like that one. That's why I'm saying like some of these. Oh. I'm just like, god damn it. Hold it, please. So Henry Lee Moore is one of the suspects, and he's not related to the family. Same last name though. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yes. So he was actually a suspected serial killer, and he was actually convicted of the murder of his mother and grandmother several months before the murder. What is with these people? His choice of weapon? An axe. An axe. (gasps) Yes. There was basically very similar axe murders on his mother and grandmother were committed, and basically all of the cases were very similar, Mm -hmm. leading to that strong suspicion that he had committed the crimes because, you know, they were like, maybe he's an axe-murdering serial killer. Yeah, but the thing is, it's also, like, a crime this big could inspire copycats of people who are like, yeah. you know, I've been wanting to murder this person. Maybe I'll just do it. And then they, they well, copy wherever they see it from. So, moving on to our next suspect. Dun-dun-dun-dun. And this is actually the last suspect. Okay. His name was Paul Mueller. And this theory is... Pretty much like the fan favorite. Everyone likes this one a lot. Yeah, we'll fucking so see. I'm really liking book... that the William Mansfield one. <laughs> Paul Mueller has become kind of the person that's thought to be the murderer because of this book written by Bill James and his daughter, Rachel McCarthy James. They wrote a book called The Man from the Train. Oh. And it talks about the Velisca murders as part of like a large series of murders committed by Paul. So let me guess. They think Paul did all the other axe murders. Yeah, yes. So Paul Mueller, also possibly Miller. He's an immigrant from Germany, so they're not. The, oh, you know, so it might have changed. They, from they're Mueller like, to yeah. Miller. Okay. So he was basically part of actually a manhunt where people considered him the murderer of a family in 1897 in West Brookfield, Massachusetts. Okay. So he was involved in that manhunt. They actually believed he was guilty of the Velisca murders as well as part of like a killing spree that lasted over a decade. Wow. And it's thought that he killed at least 59 people in 14 separate incidents, oh, including hell. the Colorado Springs and mm-hmm. Paolo crimes. So we have three sp- suspects, Henry Moore. Think, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, William. Who we think we're all yeah. uh, connected to those exactly. murders. Well, also, if we think back to the three men that, Miss Thompson's was from him. Oh. Maybe she did hear something in the woods. Maybe she did hear three people who just happened to really like axe murdering. I don't know. That's kind of a stretch. I mean, I agree with you. Frankly, I really do agree with you. But uh-huh. here's the evidence they have. So they say, listen, the killer selected families who live near railroad tracks. They struck, they basically ambushed about midnight when the victims, they knew the victims were asleep. Always use the blunt side of an axe rather than the blade to strike the victims in the head and Which face. Which is so weird. Um, and they always used an axe found at the victim's home and left it in plain sight How after the How do you murders. know the victims have axes? I don't know. I'm sure it was a common know. tool back then, but, like, how do you fucking know? They also covered the victims with blankets to supposedly prevent blood splatter. This is their theory. Hmm. Um, they say they covered the windows from inside the house, and then they also locked the doors before they left. And then in Mueller suspected crimes, there was not always, but sometimes there was a sexual motive hmm. towards a younger girl. Like they say, you know, Lena was partly disrobed. Yeah. So that's kind of what they're thinking. 
Like I said, these are Mueller's suspected crimes. Uh-huh. So you never was convicted of any of these. Yeah, I'm. What is the point of having a fucking circumstantial evidence if you're not even going to go off of it? Well, yeah, these are thought to be. Because like, now people like us, a hundred and something years later, are like, hmm, which one was it? <laughs> or who do you think is the most, after all your research? I really, here's what I think, based off my research. I really think there's a strong possibility that it was uh, Mansfield mm-hmm. and Frank Jones. I think so, too. Yeah. And Which my, just sounds like the most likely story. Right. And my thought process is that okay. I think, you know, when we have that situation, there's two cigarettes in the attic with someone smoking. Mm-hmm. Also, we have the imprint on the haystack in the barn. Yeah. So it seems like there may have been at least one or two people involved. But in the attic sh- means to me that they had already entered the house before the family was asleep. Or maybe it was one person who smoked two cigarettes. Because people chain smoke. Well, I agree, but what I'm saying is... When they're stressed. Yeah, there was someone in the attic. No, and then yeah, someone sure. who was up watching in the barn. So I think Frank was in the barn. Mansfield was in the attic. Yeah, while they were at Mansfield the church event or whatever. Mansfield came down and killed. Because yeah. Mansfield was like a known criminal. Like, yeah. So it's thought that, you know, Frank Jones hired him. There's a lot of time elapsing. And Frank Jones, like you said, is like, what the fuck is going on? Goes in there. He's like, why the fuck are you eating... Right. Like, eating at what the, the crime fuck scene are you doing? Bro. We need to go. Yeah. But then he's like, wait, before I leave, I want to fucking do this to this man yeah. who took a bunch of business from him and then mm-hmm. also on top of it may have been sleeping with his daughter-in-law. Yeah. We've solved the case. Yeah. That's my thought process. We are going to move on to the spooky part, though. Oh my because God. this is my paranormal oh, episode. I forgot there was a spooky part. This is my paranormal I'm episode. I'm spooked. The house has actually been remodeled to look exactly as it was when the Moors lived there. No. So they've tried to make it look as like much as a 1912 house as possible. Is it like a museum? Or do people yeah. actually so, live there? So it's, like a, um, it's kind of like a museum. Okay. Kind of like a little haunted house situation. So... It has old furniture, including beds, um, and then it has no electricity or running water. And all the mirrors are covered with white sheets. Ah! I don't like that. Yeah. So the owners basically tried to make it as spooky as possible and as similar. um, Because not only do they give, like, tours, but they also let people book overnight as well and stay there. Remember when I talked about staying there? I don't know about that one. That one's really scary. That one's... Okay. I'm screwed. Well, it's going to get worse because there's a lot of shit that happens, so... Probably not. Chloe was like, would you ever be interested? And I was like, yeah, maybe. Never mind. I say never mind. So, here's some interesting Mm -hmm. shit that happens. So, this is actually from their official site. This is a testimonial. I went on to their official site. I was like, let me... So... There's someone who stayed there a bunch of times, and he said, as far as paranormal activity goes, this house comes through loud and proud. And here's kind of what has been found there. There's a lot of EVPs, which are known as electronic voice phenomenons in the house, both live and residual. People have called out the names of the Moore children, and Lena and Ina, who were all victims, and they've had them turn the flashlight on and off when they asked, and they did that. Um, they have felt cold spots in the house and they just, they can't explain why that was. Mm-hmm. Now there's two people who have been there and have harmed themselves. Oh my God. So there's Robert Lorson Jr. Who's a paranormal investigator. He ended his visit to the Velisca Axe murder house, um, on Friday. He was, he was, sorry. So he ended his visit 
to the Velisca Axe Murder House after having stabbed himself. Critical stabbing injuries. He ended up in the ICU. Um, The Montgomery County Sheriff's Office, when they went out and looked at there, they were like, yeah, these wounds are self-inflicted. No one knows why. No one knows why. Does the guy know? Did he die? So, I... I looked up information. I'm not sure if he hasn't stepped forward or not. When was that? This was a hot minute ago. I believe it was 2017. So pretty recently. Not even that long ago. Yeah, no. Um, and it's like, I think it's 2017 or 2016. What's the guy's I name? I gotta double check. Uh, Robert Lorson Jr. Oh, 2014. I apologize. So 2014 is when he did this to himself. Um, and no one knows why. But... There's a lot of reports that come in, and here's kind of what people say happens. They hear whispers of disembodied voices. Um, They say it sounds like, you know, Harry Potter parcel tongue. That's what they say it sounds like. It just sounds like someone's kind of whispering to them. Um, And they heard footsteps while they're alone in the house. Um, They kind of hear someone upstairs walking around and shutting a dresser drawer. Um, But... They go and check and see if anyone's there because they're like, you know, did someone break in? Oh, my God, there's no one there. So they hear footsteps all the time. Hmm. Uh, Tour guides have witnessed objects moving, chairs rocking, and have even heard full conversations upstairs when no one else was in the house. Nope. Um, um, And then people have said they've also heard toy cars and such being played with because guests actually bring toys for the children to play with at night. What the fuck, So they bring toys for the children. Um, People have said they have experienced, like, sightings of demons when they look in, like, mirrors and such. Yeah. Um, And one particular demon uh, called Legion keeps continuing to come up. And Legion is actually known as a demon or demons. Uh, It's technically multiple, but it's a demon that goes back to biblical times. That's what the demon is thought to be, and people have, like, seen, like, a disembodied person, like, rotting flesh in the mirrors. Maybe Legion is telling people to stab themselves, because it's two people that has happened to. Two people have caused themselves harm. People Mm -hmm. say, you know, they come out of there and they have scratches on their body. that would make sense. Um, And there's actually, like, a little cork board in the... Uh, on the outside of it and it just has like all the photos of spookiness where it's like people are like oh there's an orb or there's like people that have scratches um so there's there's photo evidence and like i'm saying we should maybe go spend the night in there fuck no baby tess says she does not want to spend the night that is a new we can go during the day and look at it i'm not spending the night this uh, this house, the Velisca Axe Murder Home, has also been featured on Ghost Adventures as well. Of so course. It's very popular. It's very well known. I almost, I wanted to watch the episode, but I was like, ah, oh, man, maybe I like shouldn't do that. But yeah, so that is the spooky mm-hmm. episode of the Velisca Axe Murders. Have a good rest of your life. Until the next episode. We'll see you next time. As always, thanks for listening. And remember, stay out of trouble. But if you can't, keep it double. Also, our socials. Oh, fuck. You can um, tweet us at Double Trouble TC <laughs> on Twitters. <laughs> you can send us an email at doubletroublepod at gmail.com. And you can follow us on the Insta, which is double 
dad trouble dad pod i actually just posted a really fucking funny meme um i did want to say we are also available on um apple podcasts as of recently yes um I got so we're not just apple Podcasts. yes so we're not just spotify uh limited anymore we are available on apple pods as well in case any of you prefer that why not you can shoot us an email and we will try and appear on those other platforms for you Feel free to shoot us an email um, or a tweet or Insta message and we will try and see what we can do for you and maybe put ourselves on another platform. I know some people do like Stitcher. We will see you guys next time. And thank you for listening. This is TNC signing out. Peace. Peace. (laughs) Jesus. Hope you enjoy that. Bye. Ew.